This is a Pele Media Podcast. Welcome back to Jurassic Park Minute. Jurassic Park Minute is the fan podcast that chronicles and overanalyzes the classic 1993 film Jurassic Park Minute by Minute. I'm Kyle. I'm Brady. And of course, folks, you've been with us this week. You know that it is uh, is Crystal Beth week here at the show. We're so happy to have her here again. Crystal, thank you so much for joining us for episode 40 or Minute 42. Thank you for letting me back. Oh, yes. We wouldn't have it any other way. If we could, we'd have you on every episode. But we know that we can't do that because you are busy with the launch of your own Minute Movies by Minute podcast, which is going to be dropping on uh, December 26th. Can you tell us a little bit about that? It's about the fifth element. So it's one of my favorite movies of all time. And we're calling it the fifth element because we're funny. Um, and it's me and my boyfriend. And I, I really, I can't wait. And we call it the, we call John, my boyfriend and myself, the feels and the reels because he is all about the smarts and technology of it. And I'm all about how it makes me feel. So I'm like, this makes me happy. This makes me sad. And he's like, this was made with a 21298 food processor and uh, some other things, pushes up his nerd glasses. <laughs> Well, that's that's, so that's a really great. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can't think of a better of a uh, of a better uh, format than to have that kind of like you know science fiction and then a comedy's perspective because that's a sci-fi comedy. So that's the only way yeah. that show could be done is, is with that, and then of course from the two of you specifically. I can't wait. That. That's going to be awesome. So that'll be dropping yeah, on December 26th. But besides that, you do have another podcast uh, uh, called the Unlimited Lives Radio Podcast. And you and your boyfriend are actually also the host of that one as well, correct? Yes, it's us. It's uh, the two of us. And then we have three other hosts. And we talk about video games. And we give away prizes. And it's uh, a lot of fun. A really, really good group of people listen. So it's we call them the Mew Crew and the Cat Chat. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> It's a great. It's really fun. It's a great show. I, I listen to it uh, on a weekly basis, and I really love what you guys do oh, over there. So, so, nice. so keep that up. That's a fantastic show. It has the Jurassic Park minute seal of approval on it. So, but hey, you guys, uh, want to go ahead and get to minute number forty-two at Jurassic Park? Yes. Awesome. In the previous minute, we saw the control room start the tour program. As the minute ended, both tour vehicles were approaching the Jurassic Park gates. At forty-two minutes, the Jurassic Park gates open. As the second car passes through the gates, Ian Malcolm says, What have they got in there, King Kong? Both cars pass through the massive gates as they swing shut behind them. At 42 minutes and 15 seconds, we cut to a shot of John Hammond watching the tour groups on a monitor. Hammond is wearing a headset with a microphone. Hammond says, The voice you are now hearing is Richard Kiley. We spared no expense. The announcer's voice says that if everyone looks to their right, they will see Dilophosaurus. At 42 minutes and 25 seconds, we see a sign with a picture of a skull on it with the words Dilophosaurus written on it. At 42 minutes and 30 seconds, Grant and Ellie get excited at the prospect of seeing a Dilophosaurus. The voiceover states that the Dilophosaurus was one of the earliest carnivores and was actually poisonous and could spit venom at its prey. The tour guests continue to look out of their car windows but cannot find a Dilophosaurus anywhere. As the car exits the area, there are no dinosaurs to be seen. And thus ends minute 42 of Jurassic Park. So in this minute, we have a no-show by one of the, I guess, three big main bad dinosaurs in the movie, as I like to refer to it. But uh, the Dilophosaurus is uh, teased and then no-shows in this minute. So um, is that just a little bit of, of scene dressing, or were you guys disappointed when the Dilophosaurus didn't show up? 
I thought it was cool. You know what? I'm not surprised. I've been on those Disney safaris and you go to the zoo and you're so excited to see the panther and you can't see it because it's up in a tree sleeping. This is just, this is exactly what I would expect from an yeah. uh, animal theme park. Yeah. yeah. You know, there, but is it, is it, is it actually there? Who knows? Yeah. It's, it, it's funny because I, I think the, uh, the, the, the tour you're referring to, there's the Kilimanjaro safari tour, which they do in animal kingdom. And the first uh, creature or uh, creature animal that you see is the okapi, which they refer to as the ghost of the forest, which is on your right hand side. It's the first thing you're supposed to see, and it is the most reclusive animal in the entire jungle trek. <laughs> it's always hiding, and they're just kind of like, "Oh, look, is that over there in the bush?" And it's just a bunch of shadows. So when I saw that in real life, the first thing my mind went to, like you're saying here, is the Dilophosaurus in the scene. It's just yeah. when when real life is what you're, um, uh, you know, like in a zoo situation, what your what your whole experience depends upon it's like well no these animals are usually up for the first three or four hours of the day they eat and then they sleep the rest of the day you know so the yeah. dilophosaurus is probably you know under, in the shade underneath the tree somewhere like snoozing during this whole thing yeah he's living you know? his life he exactly and they want they're gonna run away from the sounds that they don't like the sound of a car right gonna hide. This, is, you know, this, this just adds to the fact that like hammond and the jurassic park team were so excited that they didn't plan on like okay so the, the safari thing in disney world you're talking about they have that thing built so that the animals are in sight you know right. and they'll have like a, a little hill or something that they can't really get around and it's not done it's you know they still can or whatever but uh but it's a cool notion and you'd think that they would have put something like that in this but um you know these people they didn't stop to think about it you know the, the proper way to develop a theme park they just got so excited they went ahead and did it but um i don't know if i I'm remembering this from the book or if I'm making this up, but I want to say that I remember hearing somewhere that uh, they had stripped the Dilophosaurus of its ability to spit at its prey. Um, and then, of course, you find out later that, as they have done with so many other things, that these dinosaurs are just screwed up. And sure enough, these things, you know, they, they are still lethal. I feel and, like I remember that as well in the book, but life, of course, found a way be. to make it vicious. But, uh, yeah. you know, there's actually real no scientific evidence at all that Dilophosaurus spat any venom or had any frills or anything like that. They kind of took this interesting visual of a dinosaur with the, um, I don't know what you call those. It's on his beak or his, or it's her, I guess, sorry, her nose. Uh, those two, like, little uh, things yeah. that make the, the, the weird sounds that the Dilophosaurus makes. You know, I don't know what the term is for him, but... Um, and then they added all this other stuff. There's, of course, that lizard that actually runs along and has the frills that puff out, like in the uh, in Australia. Yeah. You know, I'm sure we've all right. seen the video. That's the little Jesus lizard, right? The one that runs on the water, too? I, I think so. I think it might be the I same one, yeah. I can't remember the first night I saw this uh, not being able to sleep because the scene where the thing frills up and, like, really, really, really got to me. And I remember yeah. my dad coming in and being like, listen, there's things you need to be afraid of in life, and that's, like, serial killers and... <laughs> But don't be afraid of these things that have been long since dead. <laughs> that's that's yeah, really reassuring. There are things yeah. you should be afraid of, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, God, I can never leave the house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Son, let me tell you about but, uh, global warming. It's going to kill yeah. all of us. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like they did with Deinonychus. Um, you know, and of course, just changed the name to Raptor, and the actual Velociraptor is a little bit smaller. Uh, Dilophosaurus is actually quite big. It was um, yeah. maybe about the size of the Velociraptors as we see here in the film. Which yeah, is, uh, oh, it's too big. Interesting. 
And it, it actually, I think, had pretty strong or large uh, forearms as well, too. So it looked like Velocif uh, the Dilophosaurus was actually probably, of all the dinosaurs in here, the one that we probably would have been the most scared about because it was mm -hmm. actually the size they could uh, track you down and hunt you. The Thanonychus or the Velociraptor were actually much smaller in the Tyrannosaurus rex, as we've come to find out. Uh, in the disappointing uh, evolution of dinosaurs, which we talked about in minute number 40, was probably more of a vulture than anything else. But, um, yeah, uh, I, have, I have a couple other notes for this scene. Uh, it's the, there's a scene earlier in the movie where they're going through the Jurassic Park gate doors. Uh, there's an over-the-head shot of Ian Malcolm, uh, and there's a voiceover where he says, what have they got in there, King Kong? Which I guess is supposed to be funny, but uh, Jeff Goldblum's mouth doesn't move at all. Usually these kind of like ADR scenes, the characters in the background or they have the back to the camera or something like that, so you can't tell their mouth isn't moving. This one is like he's definitely the the fo primal like uh, the primary focus of the camera as he's going through the gate and his mouth just moves right. the whole time. So wow. he uh, uh, he looked at his contract and he was like, I was supposed to have another line. Yes, yeah. like, oh, he's like, you're gonna have to pay me another ten thousand dollars if you don't give me another line. So we're like, just put it here. Get him, just shut up, Jeff. <laughs> Probably. Um, so the thing about Richard Kiley, uh, being yeah. their narrator, um, he was also the narrator of the tour in the book. And I just think it's so funny that David Attenborough would have been like the ideal host for this attraction, uh, as he's the host of like all the National Geographic documentaries, yeah. and what have you, or the, you know, the nature documentaries. And then of course he is Richard Attenborough's brother. So it seems like know. a no brainer, right? You just call him up. It's like, hey, Richard, can you get your brother to come in here on the weekend and re do a little voiceover for us? But, like, I remember Richard Kiley, his voice is fine. He does a great job. Yeah. Like, it's not exactly somebody everybody knows. You know, or even right. when this came out, it wasn't like a big, you know, like no name. Mm -hmm. Right. I was like, oh, good job. I'm glad you got him. Yeah. <laughs> cool. We're all very impressed, Mr. Hammond. Very no expense. Um, just, like, pat him on the head. Too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So we've been seeing uh, throughout the movie so far the presence of electrified fences. And being yeah. this sort of being built up for that shot where the T-Rex's hand is on it and nothing's happening. Yeah. And then, of course, Tim gets, like, blown up later. But, but this scene is definitely one where they're putting it in your face. Like, yeah. hey, there's fences here that are going to shock you and they're dangerous and you need to remember them for... Yeah, and there's bright light. Like, look at us. Yeah, Exactly. They, yeah, it's it's a little bit of seeding of what we're going to get on later when we see that the electric fences have gone down and the T-Rex is able to snap through. So, yeah, we have, Crystal, like you're saying, the, the, the blinky lights, the signs in your face the whole time. But in this scene, they also kind of stand to say that, don't worry, even though this thing spits at you, it's not going to get close enough to do it because the fences are here between you and them. Setting up this false sense of security that the park has is kind of the premise of the whole thing is – you know, they're trying to control nature with all these things, electric fences, you know, genetic controls. And, of course, none of that works. You know, they get out chaos rules. So, yes. Well, I like when you see the kids in the backseat fighting. Yeah. I'm like, of yeah. course, someone's going to freak out because they can't see as good. Right. Yeah, no, that's that's all I have for this minute. That was actually the last note is that it says kids fighting equals funny. Yeah. Yeah, it is funny. It is, yeah. Because it's true. God, I want to see more. They're like, there's nothing to see. The dinosaur's not even there. God, <laughs> stay on your side of the car. <laughs> I think maybe they should have put Tim in a car seat for this whole scene. Little right. Joseph Mazzello buckled in. Yeah. So, all right. Well, great. Well, hey, uh, we're going to get out of here. But before we do that and get on to the next minute, uh, Crystal, can you let everybody know where they can find you on the internet? Sure. You can follow me on Twitter at the Crystal Beth, and you can see me online talking at all the listener societies on 
Facebook. And if you want to listen to my podcast, it's on iTunes, Unlimited Lives Radio. And if you want to play video games with me, work name is Ms. Sparkle Diamond. You can watch me on Twitch too, twitch.tv slash Ms. Sparkle Diamond. Awesome. I thank you again you for so much for, for, for joining us. We always have a blast when you're on the show. So uh, we hope to maybe have you on Goonies Minute in the future as well. That would be awesome. Can't so. wait. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Love the uh, Goonies. It's such a fun movie. And, you know, revisiting now has just really reinforced that. Because the Goonies has kind of come into fire over the last couple of years as being uh, – I think there's one uh, guy out there who referred to it as a dumpster fire of a movie. And uh, just rewatching, it's like, no, it's, it's actually quite brilliant. And it's, uh, yeah. you know – it's comedy. But. It's so imaginative, and we'll talk about it on Goonies Minute. <laughs> awesome. Well, that'll be coming up pretty soon, folks. So, uh, all right. Well, for Crystal and Brady and myself, we will see you next time. And until then, hold on to your butts. Jurassic Park Minute is a fan-supported podcast. If you like the podcast, then leave us a review on iTunes. You can contact us at JurassicParkMinute at gmail.com. And visit us online at JurassicParkMinute.com, Facebook.com slash JurassicParkMinute, and Twitter.com slash JurassicMinute.